In the deep dark hills of eastern Kentucky That's the place where I trace my bloodline And it's there I read on a hillside gravestone You will never leave Harlan Line Where the sun comes up About ten in the morning Then the sun goes down About three in the day And you fill your cup With whatever bitter brew you're drinking And you spend your life Just thinking of how to get away to the Section YYA podcast, a very special episode of this podcast, one I've been looking forward to every, ever since Saturday night's game against the Wildcats was over. And I know Gavin has been looking forward to it as well. We've both got a lot to say about Kentucky, about Tennessee's win over Kentucky. Um, but Gavin, what a night it was Saturday night. How about them balls? That's great, but what about the Wildcats? I mean, what did you expect? Um, for all the Wildcat fans that are still listening, um, I don't know how you're able to pull this up, one. Two, um, I can't imagine the pain that you're feeling this week since you sold all your oxies to get in the game. And three – um thanks for welcoming welcoming back uh tennessee into their second home their home away from home if you will uh your pitiful kroger stadium the um the song i played uh, for one of the intro songs tonight was a is a song i i i love this song uh it's from one of my favorite shows I mean, the song's not from the show, but uh, it was incorporated into the show Justified, which is based out of Harlan, Kentucky, which is in southeastern Kentucky, which is um, 
you know, everybody says that in East Knox County, we live in BFE. I've been to the Harlan area. It is literally BFE. There is nothing there but mountains and coal mines. There's nothing. They don't even have indoor plumbing, Gavin. They yeah. have to, it just runs out of their house into the yard. But anyways, this song really speaks to what the state of Kentucky is all about. So it says, when the sun, where the sun comes up about 10 in the morning and the sun goes down about three in the day. All right, first off, can you imagine living somewhere where the sun comes up at 10 a.m. and goes down at 3 a.m. or 3 p.m.? Absolutely no wonder, not. No wonder they're so miserable. They live in the dark all the time. I mean, aside from their fanhood of Big Blue, uh, I, that's a pitiful life. It it really is. And um, I used to kind of feel sorry for them, but I don't anymore. Oh, I've never felt sorry. The song goes on. Um, it's about a family who uh, sold their land um, and bought a farm uh, mm -hmm. close to the Richland River in Kentucky. And they were partying it up. They were drinking. They were dancing. They were living the life. They're not in Harlan anymore. They got out, Gavin, somehow. But, somehow, some way. But in the next round of lyrics, the times got hard. Tobacco wasn't selling. And Granddad knew what he'd do to survive, Gavin. He went back to Harlan and dug for coal in the mines. Back to the mines. Just That's like right. Tennessee sent the Wildcats out of Kroger Field back to the mines last Saturday night. Uh, what dropped quicker, uh, Kentucky fans or them out of the polls? That's a tough question. It's a really tough question. Who fell farther? I guarantee I know it's Kentucky fans. They fell way down into the earth. I've got a better question. That one was great, but this is a four-part question. Oh, God. Who fell quicker? Kentucky fans out of Kroger Field, Kentucky football out of the national rankings and the college football playoff, LOL, Joe Biden's approval rating, or Kamala's approval ratings. All four are plummeting. I mean, I don't know if, you, if there's a good answer to that question. I, I don't have one. But I do know that uh, – if you didn't play the song that you did play, I was going to have you play Cole by Tyler Childers. So, so we played uh, um, Big Montana came over. He was having – Big Montana was having internet trouble Saturday night in the, in the man cave. So uh -oh. he called me up and said, hey, coming over to your place, watch the game. So he came over. We had some, some wings, watched the Vols win. And um, after the game was over, we were – high-fiving, celebrating, excited about the win, looking forward to Georgia. But before we did, Big Montana pulled up some songs about Kentucky. Some rap song about Oxycontin. I don't know. I'd never heard of it, which was great because Kentucky fans have to sell it to go to sporting events. I was playing Never Leave Harlan Alive. We watched Justified when Mags Bennett poisons herself and says this is the hard part and dies. And I said that's – Kentucky fans, after they lost for the 34th time in 37 years, just say that out loud, guys. They are 
three and 34 the last 37 meetings against Tennessee in football. Just unbelievable, poor record. You know, they used to have losing streaks to Tennessee, Florida. Um, there was another school on that list. But Florida and Tennessee won so many games in a row against those two schools, or against Kentucky. Kentucky couldn't beat those two schools. And they've had – I thought it was funny Saturday night. Beth Mowens, who's a terrible announcer. My God. Absolutely goodness. horrendous. Good. We have gotten two worse announcers. They were all over the place. I felt like Bert Bertelkamp was going to come in there and uh, help him out. <laughs> I, I was uh, struggling to listen. The, uh, the guy, her color commentator, on the first drive, or the, I'm sorry, the second drive of the game, Tennessee completed a pass on first and 10 and gained like three yards because Jalen Hyatt's knee was on the ground. Well, he was saying that it should have been an incomplete pass. And I'm like, dude, what? He, he went on for this for about five or ten minutes. And I was like, you're talking about two yards, dude. Like, who cares? It's not yeah. a big deal. We scored on a 70-yard play the next play. Yeah. Wasn't going to matter. All night long. That's right. When um, we wanted to, how we wanted to, we even let them not punt and only have one turnover. And they still couldn't beat us. Bunch of clowns. Get well, deeper into the ground. So did you get to see the start of the game? Because I didn't. Uh, No, I, I didn't either. They still had the um, – I don't remember which game it was that was on before <laughs> Was it that. Cincinnati? Yes, it was Cincinnati and Tulsa. And um, so I missed the first drive, and I was getting text messages saying, wow, what a start. And I'm like, what's going on? And so I tried to pull it up on the app, and it wouldn't even show up. Like, it was nowhere. So I didn't know what was going on. Um, little to my knowledge that we scored on the first play of the game. Fantastic. But uh, if you would have told me, Gavin, on on earlier in the week, last week when we recorded, that Tennessee would give up – I'm looking up the stats here – um passing yards 387 uh total let's see rushing yards 225 total yards 612 like you mentioned a minute ago Kentucky didn't punt um I'm looking at turnovers I don't think Kentucky I mean they had the interception am I missing another turnover I can't find it Gavin anyways if you'd have told me all of that I would have laughed and said, there's no way Tennessee wins this game. If they give up 612 yards and 42 points, there's no way we win this game. Um, boy, how wrong was I? Kentucky's defense was awful. And I, I, like we said last week, they're finally getting exposed as we get deeper into conference play. I think both defenses kind of struggled a little bit. Um, oh, Tennessee, <clears throat> was, Tennessee was just as bad. Yeah, we, uh, we didn't look that great. Uh, our no. tackling did not look up to par. I don't know. Maybe – I don't know. No, our, our tackling was all – and that – I was trying to look at um, – I know on thir- th- Tennessee's been awful. The third last downs, I got it. Third down. It's just been terrible. Kentucky – 17 12, attempts. Yeah, they were 12 of 17 on third down. Um, they scored – they were in the red zone five times, scored five times. Um, Tennessee is just – Tackling last week was awful. 
in the last month, they have just been uh, – they're one of the worst teams in the country on third downs defense. It's been bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've played fairly good opponents aside from Kentucky. Um, True. So. So, um, back to making fun of Kentucky, Gavin. I know that's what we're really here to do. <laughs> that's what I'm so, talking about. I sent, I sent Gavin this clip earlier today. It's uh, from Kentucky Sports Radio, and um, there's a guy on Twitter that – I'm trying to pull it up here so I can kind of explain it to you, but a um, guy on Twitter kind of put together some clips um, from Kentucky Sports Radio. And for those that don't know what Kentucky Sports Radio is, it's kind of their – I don't know, Gavin, how would you explain it? I mean, compared to around here, is there a – station or something in knoxville that is kind of relatable to kentucky absolutely not um i think they walk around and go into the mines and they see who can talk the best and then they pull them out and it just so happens they have enough teeth to actually pronounce everything so um that's how they handpick those guys so matt jones is kind of the i don't know if he started that he's kind of the ringleader but um you know they cover Kentucky athletics. So a uh, guy on Twitter that we all follow at Callum Vol underscore Vol C A L L U M underscore Vol put together clips from before the game on Saturday. They were all picking Kentucky. They were making fun of Tennessee, and then they talk about it after the game about how depressed they are. Just take a listen, and then we'll talk about it on the other end. Chance for Kentucky to end up with potentially the best season of my lifetime if they can win. Shannon, what's the score? I'm going Cats, 24-20. Cats, 31-24. <laughs> Cats score 27. <laughs> Hooker gets the shivers. I go inside uh, cold, and Tennessee scores 20. All right. Tomorrow night, we're going to go. We're going to Kroger Field. It's going to be cold. <laughs> Hooker's going to be cold, but we're going to go and knock their teeth out. Kentucky goes, and they win by a substantial margin. Oh, oh. cover. They're going to win 34-21. Kentucky gets the victory. We end up playing in the Peach Bowl. 40,000 of us go to Atlanta. Yeah. And then we kick Michigan's ass. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. Three days later. I, Ryan. I'm really <laughs> bummed about the loss. Not so much that Kentucky, I don't know, that they played terribly, although on defense they were bad. And it wasn't the way it ended, although it was very close and came down to the end. But I'm just bummed about sort of the way everything has gone in this season, that this had to happen, and sort of everyone's, what I think is a natural reaction of depression and sadness after the game. Yeah, I'm one of those guys that really, you know, a loss doesn't. I mean, maybe the next day I'm over it, to be honest. But this one, this one is lingering with me, and I and I think it's just kind of the things you said. We were so high at six and zero, oh, man. We saw the, the stars, <laughs> and now after these last two losses, man, it's just like a punch in the gut. All right, Gavin, we've all listened to it just now here on the show. You and I listened to it earlier today. Um. The highs from from KSR, which I think is a um, probably a microcosm of 
of how the Kentucky fan base felt going into the game. I'm sure they were sky high even after back-to-back losses, one to Georgia, one to Mississippi State. They didn't play well against Mississippi State, but they're coming home, historic Kroger Field. They're, mm-hmm. they're feeling great. They finally got Tennessee where they want them. They're going to win back-to-back games against the Vols for the first time since 1976-77, back in the Carter administration, I believe. So they all picked Kentucky. One guy picked Kentucky 31-24. Another picked Kentucky, I think, 28-21. So the last guy is the one that got me. He says Hooker's going to get the shivers because it's going to be so cold. Mm -hmm. And Tennessee's going to – they're going to – Kentucky's going to knock Tennessee's teeth out 34-21. Kentucky's going to, quote, go to the Peach Bowl. There's going to be 40,000 of us head down to Atlanta, and they're going to beat the crap out of Michigan. So then it goes into after the game, I guess, on Sunday or Monday, and they're, I think, words were depressed. Um, One guy said this loss is lingering with me like no other loss has in a long time. Um, When will reality set in on these guys? that they just can't beat us, and we own own the Kentucky Wildcats. Yes, it's so great. Um, I love it. I Bring me their tears. I laughed when I sent that to you. I laughed. I listened to that probably 20 times. I love how you can hear the sadness in their voice. And the pictures, <clears throat> if you haven't checked out the video, I'll retweet it from Section YY8 after we get through recording, but the pictures that they put that the guy puts in it of Kentucky fans, mouth wide open, mouth breathers. They're depressed. They shows a rundown Kroger. Um, yes. It shows an empty Kroger field when he talks about forty thousand going to to uh, to Atlanta to the Peach Bowl. I just I I've laughed all afternoon about it. It's it, it's been great. So. It's been uh, phenomenal for sure. Well, Gavin, we can't spend the whole – well, we could spend the whole show making fun of Kentucky. I'm fine they, with doing that. They give us plenty of material. They give us more material than they got teeth. It's so great. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's talk about the game for just a little bit more, and then we'll look ahead to uh, this weekend and, and um, some other news and notes. But uh, Hendon Hooker, 15 of 20, uh, another outstanding game. Um, he He's really um, 15 to 20, 316 yards, four touchdowns. He's carrying Tennessee's offense right now. I don't know where we would be without him. I hope to God he comes back next year. I uh, read and I heard him talking about during the game, he's the number 10 quarterback in Mel Kuyper's uh, – list of quarterbacks that would be eligible to come out next year. Um, Tennessee had a decent game rushing the football, but they really didn't need to. Um, Quick strikes from Hendon Hooker to um, Valus Jones Jr., Cedric Tillman, Javonta Payton. Uh, Payton had two catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Tillman, six catches, 79 yards, one touchdown. Valus Jones Jr., five catches, 100 yards, one touchdown. Um, Hooker rushed the ball 11 times for 63 yards. Just doing it all right now, Gavin. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen where we had, um, 
I think I seen where we had uh, only one drive over a minute. That was a scoring drive for us. It wouldn't um, surprise me. I think it was two minutes and thirty seconds. I I don't know exactly, but uh, um, we both turned over the ball over one time. Um, defense has got to get better if we want to improve. But I think we're. I mean, we had guys in posi- pos- position to make the tackle. We just weren't. We weren't executing there. Uh, a lot of arm tackling and just not wrapping up. Um, really loose on that end, but. It, it was enough to beat the uh, Big Blue Nation at historic Kroger Field. So, so I guess I can't complain too much. So, Tennessee's time of possessions. Um, first drive, touchdown, one play, 75 yards, 11 seconds. Second drive, three plays, 75 yards, 26 seconds. Next drive, uh, Tennessee turned it over um, a minute 15. I think that's right. Um, next drive, a minute three, a punt. Next drive, two minutes, 36 seconds, a touchdown. So there's one of your over one minutes. There was literally only, you're right, two possessions where Tennessee had the ball for over two minutes. Uh, here's one, field goal at the end of the half, 16 seconds, touchdown, uh, 37 seconds, turnover on downs, a minute six. Um, well, there's three. Um, I was just saying scoring possessions. Scoring drives, yeah. Well, you'd be right because the field goal attempt that we, we missed. missed was four. It was like four minutes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, it's just it, I don't know that I've ever watched a football game like that before, especially Tennessee. But I don't know. I can remember watching a football game where one team dominated the time of possession so much. And it really didn't matter. And time of possession truly is it, – it doesn't matter if you're not scoring and keeping the other team out of the end zone. And Kentucky was scoring, good for them, but they couldn't keep Tennessee out of the end zone and they were giving up huge chunk plays to Tennessee. And they couldn't keep Tennessee from scoring pretty much all night long. Tennessee kind of, you know, shot themselves in the foot with, with a fumble – um, yeah, kind of head-scratching head game or play calls. I don't know what they were doing that last possession down at uh, in the in the red zone. Um, it was just some odd play calls. I mean, I'm not questioning Josh Heupel because he obviously knows what he's doing. Have you seen his offense? But I don't know. That seemed kind of weird to me. I couldn't figure out what they were doing. But, yeah, the missed field goal attempt. And um, But Tennessee – kind of shot themselves in the foot all night uh yeah uh it's um it makes you question certain play calls just because we move so fast but uh, when we get out of our rhythm of moving as fast as we can we can't do much um i think we just have to keep uh foot on the gas at all times which is really weird because sometimes like situational football occurs and you're like maybe we maybe when we want to hold out and for the last drive of the half or um something like that but it's just 100 miles an hour and uh i'm having a great time so um so so looking ahead to saturday do you think tennessee's play pace of play 
could come back to haunt them Saturday afternoon against Georgia because we know Georgia's got a very good defense, especially in the front seven. Um, does Tennessee – I don't think they need to, but you know, does Tennessee's quickness on offense, could that hurt them Saturday? Say they have multiple three and outs that are really quick right out of the gate and Georgia takes advantage and, and they obtain the football – have four, five, six-minute drives and score, Tennessee's in a big-time hole right out of the gate, and their defense is drained already. Do you think that could be an issue coming up on Saturday? I think it could work both ways. You either got to – you jump out to a quick lead and maybe it's some confidence that you um, might not have had uh, before that. But um, I, I think – that it goes both ways, really. Um, I I think that we score more than 13, which is the most they've given up all year. Yeah. So um, – And I read a stat today that Josh Heupel, as a head coach, has never scored less than 14 points. That's so good. Something's got to give. Um, I don't think their offense is all that great. Georgia's offense is all that great, but their defense is elite. So – their offense is efficient. I would call them. I wouldn't say they're they're great. I'd say they're efficient. They run the ball pretty well. Um, they're able to throw the football down the field when they need to. But other than that, I think they ball control, don't turn it over, and try to get some points every now and then, and run the football. It's what Georgia's known for, especially during the Kirby Smart era. But um, so we go, Gavin, from people. Um, that work in mines, mouth breathers, they shop at Kroger, mm -hmm. to grown men who wear spiked shoulder pads and bark at you. Just two, just like back-to-back -back fan bases that make me really question the human race. Uh, it just means more. It's the SEC, baby. It is true. It's, it's like soccer around the world. It's the SEC. And that's just what we do. Do you think this weekend Tennessee has any chance of hanging with Georgia and or beating Georgia? Uh, I don't think that we have any business beating them. Uh, I think we hang around with them for a little bit. Um, maybe kind of like how we did with Alabama, even though it ended up being uh, – four-score, three-score game in the fourth quarter. But we hung with them for at least three quarters. I just – we don't have depth, and it's really going to show against uh, really good put-together teams like this one and Alabama's and um, teams like that. It really shows off your depth, and their defense is so good, and their second-string defense is probably close to what our first-team defense is. So you can um, see – you can see Tennessee – hanging around at like a 7, 10, 14-point game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, but they might just step on the gas and then we lose by 24. Right. Yeah, and I I can see us hanging around and scoring some points. I don't – obviously don't think we'll win. Um, mm -hmm. But I would, I would be very encouraged. I wouldn't say excited, but I would be very encouraged if Tennessee was able to – take this game into the fourth quarter and keep it at two scores. I think that would kind of show where Tennessee, yes, we have no depth. 
yes, we had a lot of people leave last season, but it can kind of show like, hey, this program can be something under this coaching staff if we get players in. I just imagine he's doing it and he's won five games already. I had Tennessee winning five games all year. So could they stay at five wins? Maybe, but I don't think they're going to lose to to Vanderbilt or South Alabama. So they got right. pretty much seven wins in the bag, but um, I think there's a lot to build on this year um, with this coaching staff, with the current players that are here, because some of them will be back. But um, I think if we can hang around Saturday, I think it can show everybody, because it's going to be on CBS national stage that, like, hey, maybe if Tennessee gets some, some, some players in here, rebuild the depth, they might make some noise in this conference with this, with this system. Now, one thing I was telling some people about over the weekend, uh, for those that didn't see, uh, Walter Nolan, the number one player in the nation, a defensive lineman who has recently transferred into the Knoxville area to Powell High School, had, was it Tennessee, Texas A&M, and was it Georgia as his final three, Gavin? I believe so. And he picked Texas A&M, and it was kind of disheartening that we have a guy here in our backyard. And I don't know, I'd heard some rumors that Texas A&M's NIL deals, they had some pretty good things lined up for him possibly or promised him the moon. And um, Tennessee was kind of behind the game in that area. That's coming from some folks out in the Powell area that said this wasn't a surprise. But it was kind of disheartening Saturday. Well, I'm glad we won. But it was kind of disheartening Saturday to hear that he had chosen the cult of Texas A&M over a team. Of course, he's not from here, but over a team that's in his backyard. And um, one question I have about Josh Heupel, the, the guy can coach offense. He's obviously able to get these guys motivated, get them up, get them ready to play. Everybody seems to like him and play hard for him. Um, they may not play the cleanest games all the time, but, man, they lay it on the line most nights. But I, I wonder about his recruiting at that at this level. And that's going to be something to watch for after the season's over this offseason. Because it's going to be – that's something he's really got to hit. And I, I'm assuming he knows this. He's going to have to do a lot of recruiting because this program needs to rebuild its depth. We've got some players here right now. Um, but we're a handful of injuries away from being a pretty bad football team, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I think you're hitting the head right. You're hitting it right. The nail on the head. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling right now. Um, we're, we're not that great of a football team. I mean, if you slide a couple of guys in from a halfway decent roster, I mean, these guys are giving their all, which is uh, great to see and all, but, um, sometimes just you you just need the talent and this is one of those leagues where you need talent to compete for the east right now because Georgia's so good um i mean georgia's miles ahead of us right now i think we can all agree on that but uh i don't have you looked at the standings as of late we're like right behind them is that yeah is we're it? second of course, we're okay. tied with kentucky and we probably have the talent of um one of the teams at the bottom of the east I, mean, uh, I would say if you look at Tennessee's roster and I don't know if it's the system, 
making guys better, but we've got some talent at wide receiver. We've got, obviously, some talent at quarterback that we didn't know about at the start of the year. Um, I think we've got some pretty talented running backs. They've just never had a chance to really play a whole lot. Um, Tyon Evans think... is hurt all the time, but I think we've got some skill guys that are good, but our offensive line's not very good. We've given up the most sacks in the conference. Our front seven, although they, they play hard and make some plays, I still don't think they're very good. I, I hate to say that, but our defense has been bad the last few weeks, even though, like Gavin said, we've played some pretty good teams. And I think part of it, part of the defensive problem is just um, it's just high pull football. Um, you can't be out there 95% of the game and not expect to blow some wide open holes, you know? Um, and the defense in his system is just good enough to keep you in the game offensively. That's all it's trying to do. So I it, I start to look at defense and I'm like, well, we need to do this, this, and this better. But at the same time, uh, when you're going for a hundred plays on defense, uh, you start to get a little tired. Um, but I think it was funny that you said uh, we have some talent at wide receiver um, I seen something on Twitter um, that said before the season, uh, Tennessee had the 13th best wide receivers in the conference, yeah. only in front of Vanderbilt. Not so fast. <laughs> Not so fast, indeed. Um, yeah, I think I that just... we got some coaches, um, but if we need to get some players and maybe some transfers will come in here and uh, make a big impact. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right. We, he's, uh, that's a big thing going in. I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves here. We've still got three games left, plus probably a bowl game to talk about, um, you know, here over the next few weeks. But I think, unlike Dan Mullen at Florida, Josh Heupel needs to be all about recruiting right now, even though he's got a season going on, because that's going to be huge for Tennessee uh, to have a good recruiting class and fill some needs. Now, last I looked, we were number 31 in the recruiting rankings. So uh, he's got some work to do there. Um, but I'm I'm open to giving this guy a chance. I'm uh, So far, I'm sold on the guy in game. But, you know, I'm sold on him in his pre- – I like listening to the guy do his press conferences. He seems like a down-to-earth guy, um, has pretty good relationship with the media – um, which is hard to do these days because a lot of them are are fake, uh, fake news media, liberal wackos. But mm-hmm. um, you know, he just listening to his press conferences. He you know he comes out, tells you what's on his mind, and you know he doesn't bull crap around with you. He just kind of does it. But um, interested to see how his recruiting goes um, as we creep closer to the off season. Um, while Gavin was talking, I was listening. But I was pulling nice. up to see. <laughs> I was listening, Gavin. I don't tune you out. Um, okay. Looks like it's not sold out for Saturday, but there's limited seats available in the north upper deck end zone, YY8. Um, mm-hmm. Some there in the south end zone, but it looks like it's probably where the Bulldog fans. Yeah, it's mainly near the top of the south end zone upper deck, like under the Jumbotron. Um, mm. looking like the last, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, like eight rows, there's some seats, which would normally be where uh, visiting fans sit. They try to scatter them up on the top of the south end zone upper deck all the way to the end. So it looks like there's a lot of seats available. I'm a little surprised by that because I, I thought Ole Miss, and I said this on this show, I thought Ole Miss would bring a lot more fans to Neyland Stadium than they did. Um, now, I was kind of glad in a way because Tennessee fans filled those seats up. But just looking at this from section double J all the way over to section double O, there's several rows of seats near the top of the stadium that are open. And um, they're not cheap. 95 bucks. To get in Neyland Stadium, I mean, my God. And this goes all the way around the south end zone upper deck. Limited seating in all of those sections, but the other sections um, are kind of just, you know, four or five seats in those sections. These have several rows that are empty, so hopefully they're able to sell those tickets by Saturday, but not looking promising. Um, I don't know if Georgia fans are getting like Alabama fans. They're getting bored, but this, this has got to be their year. If they blow this one, they may never win a national championship again in Athens. I hope they don't. Um, I don't either. They're the worst. Um, Worse than Kentucky? No. But (laughs) Kentucky's trophy case is empty. So True. Unless you look at basketball. Well, and, boy, they just – Kentucky's fell on hard time. Back to Kentucky. They lost to Duke in the – champions classic last night in Mad- madison square garden mm-hmm. um they just can't catch a break gavin <laughs> i love it suffer for me big blue nation suffer you just hate to see it um gavin do you have a score prediction in mind for the tennessee georgia game this weekend um uh come back to me you hit yours first i i say georgia 44 Tennessee 20 and Georgia covers the 21 and a half point line, but they do it late. They do it late. Like we kind of hang around. Like you said, they, they score a touchdown late to kind of put, put the volunteers away. I'll go 45, 28. I can see that. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Tennessee would be the first team this year to score more than 13 points against the Bulldogs. So that's, you know, that's something to watch Saturday. You know, if we do that, great. We've kind of won that victory and then kind of go from there. But we'll see. Tennessee's got a, definitely an uphill battle this week. Um, hope the fans come out Saturday. It's going to be cold. I think the last time I looked, the high was 48 on Saturday. Um, yeah, it's going to be a little chilly in section YY8. And we've only got three games left in that section, Gavin. It's starting to It's starting to hit me. Mm. starting to get emotional but it goes friday 62 and sunny and then saturday a high 49 so um but it'll be sun will be out so it might feel a little warmer than than 49 but yeah it'll uh be a little chilly as the night progresses in neyland stadium but hopefully the vols are able to keep the action hot on the field gavin yes um so Tennessee snapped a 32-game 
losing streak against the top 25 team on the road. Um, that was good to see. Couldn't happen to a better bunch than the historic Kroger fielders. Um, uh, the second thing is we are not taking a bowl ban and we are going to a bowl game and good on our administration for doing that. Um, um, just double birds to the NCAA and to Jeremy Pruitt at the same time. I love to see it. Um, uh, and they're doing good work over there. One of Rashawn Golden's birds was directed toward the corrupt NCAA. The other bird was directed toward Jeremy Pruitt. That's what I And then I still have – I have a double bird for Philip Fulmer for causing all of this. He was – I wouldn't – he was part of it. I just – I'm, I'm so glad that – what happened to Pruitt? I thought he was going to drop the bomb on Tennessee. That's been weeks ago. We still haven't heard anything from him. Yeah. Um, usually when you start listing everybody that you knew in Knoxville uh, and you're an idiot – uh, and you only knew like six people, you just start name dropping everybody and nobody believes that you have anything. The more I think about Jeremy, sometimes I, I just, I'll Google pictures of Jeremy Pruitt and look at him. And I just like, I hate, like my least favorite coach of all time here at Tennessee is Derek Dooley. And no shot. I mean, I, really? I could not stand that guy. And it's, it's been funny um, you know, I don't get on Facebook a ton. I got on there the other day, and apparently back in 2012, I was obsessed with getting Derek Dooley out of here. And good, it, it has like, you have memories today. And so I clicked good. on it to see what it was, and it was like, I hate Derek Dooley. Why is Derek Dooley still our coach? I told you Derek Dooley. So, I mean, just on and on. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to get on every day. And look at these. Every day in the month of November in 2012, I was posting anti-Derek Dooley stuff. I was thinking about what a loser that guy was. Now, looking back on him, he was probably one of the more uh, relatable coaches we had as far mm-hmm. as, you know, kind of being a common-sense guy. But I heard some stories about him. Um, somebody I know told me one time they, they used to work for the Tennessee Fund and Derek Dooley had his desk elevated up on like a platform. So when you came into his office and sat down that he was sitting above you. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time somebody's trying to uh, increase their height. If you know what I mean, Butch Jones um, at the university of Tennessee as a football coach, Do you but think- um, I don't know how you hate Derek Dooley more than you hate the thumb. I mean, the gump that we had, uh, that's what I'm saying is I'm starting to grow more or levitate more toward hating Jeremy Pruitt more than I hate Derek Dooley. Time has passed Gavin. Tom heals all wounds. They say, and, uh, Tom will not heal my wound with Philip Fulmer. Just want that out there. It's not happening. I don't care if you've signed something. If you get the whole 98 team to sign something for me, I will not accept it, Philip Fulmer. You clown. Tell us how you really feel about Fulmer. God, I hate his guts, man. There ain't no point. There ain't no point in having him burn it, niece. Put it, start a fire and burn that thing. You see? So you all can't see what I went and got off of my shelf. 
It's a signed Philip Fulmer mini helmet. It sits right in the middle next to T. Martin. And then to the right is Butch Jones and Derek Dooley. God. I think it's Derek Dooley. Take T off the shelf. Give some respect to T. Good gosh. That's rough shelf you got going on in there. Well, it's all I've got, Gavin. In the corner is a signed uh, Biden bobblehead. Is that what I see? Sad. I do have a signed baseball from Cubs Hall of Famer and former Smokies manager Ryan Sandberg. Oh, nice. And I also have a signed mini, you know, those little helmets you get at ball games with ice cream. Uh-huh. That Tony you paid Cam- $57 for? Yeah, go ahead. Tony Campana. Oh. Former Smokey, uh, former Cub, now lives in East Knox County. Nice. Little known fact. Lives next nice. to one of my friends. I don't know if he listens to the show, not Tony Campana, but my buddy. Um, but he lives in the same subdivision. They've become good friends. We actually tried to get him to play for uh, the Yellow Jackets at one point, but it didn't work out. Sad. We could have had a former major leaguer on our team. But anyways, I'll put, I'll put Fulmer back on the shelf after the show, Gavin. So It's collecting he should, dust. He shouldn't it, be. Good. It's uh, he should dust. be. I haven't dusted it in forever. so It should be put in the closet, something you're embarrassed of. Speaking of embarrassments, great segue. Mm, so nice. uh, I teased earlier in the week on our Twitter oh, God. that um, I've seen Tennessee play the number one team in the country several times in my lifetime. Uh-huh. So um, I wanted to list those off. I, I did some research, went back into my database where I keep all the scores, and looked up every time I've been to a – Tennessee versus number one team in the country game. It kind of surprised me how many I've been to. Mm-hmm. I've been to nine in nine. my lifetime. Are six of them Alabama? Yep. <laughs> how, how did you know? <laughs> I guess. That was a perfect guess. Uh, Alabama six times, LSU mm-hmm. once, Florida once, and Miami of Florida once. So let's go down. We'll start years ago. 1994 versus Florida. Peyton Manning was a freshman. Tennessee was getting ready to start their run in the mid to late 90s, but Florida was pretty good. They beat us 31 to nothing. I remember going to this game. um, My dad worked for the health department. Um, He was able to get uh, inspection passes. So basically, he would go to the games, inspect the concession stands, make sure food's um, you know, the right temperature, everything's being um, served to the fans the right way. And then we'd go watch the game. So we had to stand. We couldn't find – it was standing room only, no, no seat. So we had to stand at the top of the lower deck, and I was you know, 11 at the time, or probably just 10 at the time, and looking through those – uh, that metal screen that they have at the back of the uh, lower deck. So the whole game, I'm looking through these little holes, watching Tennessee just get their brains beat in by Steve Spurrier and the Florida Gators. But lost that game 31 nothing. Um, it would be another eight years before Negative Nice would see Tennessee play number one team in the country. 
2002, drawing parallels to this weekend, it was versus Miami, the Hurricanes, coming off their national title team the year before. Um, it was homecoming, Gavin. We scheduled the best team in the country for homecoming. Why do we do that? It's still the same, isn't it? I mean, still the same. That's what we're doing this weekend. But we lost 26 to three. Tennessee scored the first points of the game, drove first play of the game, handoff up the middle to Cedric Houston. He bust down the field, but he got caught from behind. We, we had three plays to get in, couldn't get in, kicked a field goal. Miami would score 26 unanswered to win the game. Um, it would be another seven years before I would see the Vols play another number one team, this time at Alabama, 2009. This one was actually close. Tennessee lost 12 to 10. That was the game where uh, Daniel Lincoln kicked it into the gut of Mount Cody. Do you remember this game? I do. Yeah, I was not happy after that game. I was so upset after that game because I was I was sitting there. I remember Derek Ingram fumbled for the first time all year in that game. Things were kind of going our way. We were playing great defensively, kind of hung around. I think we were down 12-3 to three with just little time left on the clock, and we scored, got it to 12-10, to 10, onside kick. We got the ball on the onside kick. Yeah. All we need is a field goal, and Daniel Lincoln – Kicked it right into the gut of Cody. Unbelievable. I mean, there's no way where else he could have kicked it. I mean, <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, when he's standing right in front of you, what do you do? There ain't much you can do. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to miss. Yeah. Um, the next one, 2011. This starts a string of bloodbaths. 2011 at Neyland Stadium versus LSU. Tennessee loses 38 to seven. 2012 Alabama and Neyland Stadium lost 30 or sorry 44 to 13. 2013 at Alabama lost 45 to 10. Also that year I saw Tennessee lose at number two Oregon um, 52 to seven I think. So just two just bloodbaths. Um, 2016 Tennessee at home versus Alabama lost 49 to 10. 2018 versus Alabama, Tennessee loses 58-21. And then finally, uh, two years ago, Tennessee was a little more competitive. At Alabama, lost 35-13. to That was the game where Garantano went rogue there at the goal line and lost a fumble when it was 28-13. to It could have made it a 28-20 game. Instead, Alabama ran it down and scored 35-13, ball game over. So – Totaling up the total scores of those games. So 0-9, Tennessee's been outscored in those games 338-87. to So 251-point differential since 1994 for Tennessee versus number one ranked teams and games that I've been to. I don't know if they've played any more than that. I don't really care because I I know they didn't win. I remember the last time we played. One against the number one team. That was the 85 balls, wasn't it? Sugar balls against, against Auburn. And, and Bo Jackson. And we stopped Bo Jackson here, and he decided to quit on the sideline because he's a team player. That was here we in We broke him. Like, yeah, we broke his spirit, his will, and we tore down the goalpost and partied the night away. Or, uh, That's what I'm talking Tennessee about. Tennessee fans did. You and I didn't. But uh, Well, no. 
I was alive, but I had no idea what was going on. Um, so Tennessee's hosting number one Georgia this weekend. I'll definitely add a game to the list of Tennessee playing a number one team with me in attendance, but more than likely – I'm going to change another... my score. What are you changing it to? Uh, 49-7. to 49-7. to seven. That's a big change Since, from Since you're going to be in attendance. You're going to be in attendance, and uh, it's just going to be another bloodbath on your I behalf. I text these games that I just listed to some buddies of mine this week, and they're like, Nice, you've got to stay at home, man. You've got to take one for the team. Yeah. And I'm like, I really don't think it's me, guys. I really don't. Yeah. We just have sucked for so long. So excited to get back to Neyland Stadium this weekend. Uh, Section YY8 will be tailgating in sec in parking lot C8. Should be a good time. So if you're down there this weekend, come on by and see us. We had a big tailgate um, during the Ole Miss game a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a as my aunt says it was a large time. Oh, and um, it was fun. A lot of people showed up. I'm expecting a big crowd this weekend. Uh, There's some people coming in from out of town that I know are going to be there. So uh, come on by and hang out with us. If you tailgate somewhere else, bring that tailgate to us. There's loud music, food, and a lot of people there. So come by and see Section YY8. We'll take a group picture and post it again like we did last week. We'll make you famous, Gavin. Beautiful. You love to see it. I hope Big Dan shows up this week. He was a good time a few weeks ago. That's what I'm talking about. I need to get in touch with him and see if he's coming. What time are you starting to uh, tailgate? I think we're we're planning on, if all goes well, getting down there about between 10 and 10.30. Beautiful. To kind of set up. So, um, nothing else going on Saturday except uh, football, and that's it. So, when, uh, when does Tennessee basketball play again? Against ETSU? Um, yes. So, um, yeah, good segue. Tennessee played last night against UT Martin. What was the score? 90 to 62, Gavin? Was it 90 to 62? I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. You're right. Tennessee hit 17 three pointers, a school record. Beautiful. You love to see it. Um, I think Bruce little. Pearl was back on the sideline. It felt like it, especially there in the second half. Everybody was, was draining threes. I didn't get to see the, the first half. Um, didn't miss much. And I didn't, have, apparently not. I got in the truck and it was 26 26. Uh, Tennessee went on a little run at the end of the half and was up eight points at halftime, but just pounded the Skyhawks there in the second half. But um, nice opening night win for Tennessee. Kennedy Chandler had 20 points. Uh, Viscovi had 20 points. Um, saw a lot of good play from Kamwa for Tennessee, who's been inconsistent, I guess you might say, over the last couple of seasons. Uh, got to see the debuts of, like we said, Kennedy Chandler, Justin Powell was able to score, hit some threes, which Tennessee's going to need this year. Um, Huntley, Hunt, Huntley Hatfield uh, made his debut for Tennessee. Lots of debuts all across the board for Tennessee. And like you said, they'll be back at Thompson Bowling Arena this Sunday at noon against East Tennessee State. And then the next game after that, Gavin, is November 20th against Villanova. That'll be a huge test for for not only Tennessee, but for Villanova, too. It'll be a good game, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited about this Tennessee basketball team. We'll we'll talk more about them as we go forward, but this could be a big year. I know 
we had the same expectations last year for Tennessee basketball, but this could be a big year for the volunteers on the hardwood. Um, I, I have a few things about basketball, the overlap with basketball and football. Um, I can't really get 100% on board with both. So I'm just going to have to hold out on basketball until football concludes. It, it, you're right. It's hard, especially, I mean, it kind of gets you through the week. Looking, right. But when you get to like Friday, all you're thinking about is, is, is football. football. Yeah. But, you know, like Tuesday, it was nice to have Tennessee basketball on a Tuesday night to watch. Um, Sunday, you'll have them to watch, even though you should be watching the Titans too. Tighten up, baby. One of the best teams in the NFL. That's right. Right now. I you know, I think they are at least, even without Derrick Henry. But anyway, yeah, you're right. It's tough. My I'm gonna this is probably underrated. My favorite part of the basketball season is when they get out of school in early December, and there's that gap in December where there's really no football going on until bowl season starts. But from yes. December to the end of the year, they play a bunch of non conference games yes. at home. And a lot of times, a lot of people don't go to those games. Students aren't there because they're gone. They're home for for Christmas. Yep. Um, those have always been some of my favorite games to go to. Even though Tennessee usually ends up beating the teams pretty easily, but it's fun yep. to go to the games and be like, "There's nothing else going on. It's Christmas time. Let's go watch UT basketball." I think that's uh, in my head. That's exactly when I want the season to start uh is right there after the season's concluded maybe you lead up to the sec championship but we haven't been in once for so long so let's just go ahead and start our basketball season um and kick it off and um i think it would let me focus more on uh what's going on with the basketball team and less of me not knowing what's going on with our basketball team and figuring it out later and then destroying my hopes and come March. It is tough because you – like, I was watching the Kentucky-Duke basketball game last night, but it just doesn't feel like basketball season right now. Um, you know, Tennessee always opens the season this time of year, but Gavin has a cat in his closet. That's – I'm looking at Gavin on the on the screen here. Sorry, I've gotten distracted, but Gavin got up. I didn't know what was going on, and he picks up a cat. Yeah, I didn't know uh, you had a cat, Gavin. Yeah, uh, I do. It's it got stuck in this closet that I'm in. So, uh, well, what I was saying, you know, it, it is hard this time of year to focus on Tennessee basketball, but it's a good distraction until we get to the weekend for for UT football. And, I mean, hats off to the football team. Usually we're done at this point. Our team's quit, and uh, they, at least they've given us something to watch for uh, at least four more weeks, uh, just spread out a little bit because so, we're going to a ball game. Oh, yeah. So um, getting close to wrapping up the show here, Gavin. Gavin, is uh, is this the last show from your closet? Um. Or are we going to have a few more? We might have a few more. Depends on how the uh, tree shakes. Gavin's in the process of moving. So um, we'll see if he, how many more episodes he has to record from his closet. Maybe he'll have I'll a actually closet. have a, I'll have an office in the next one. So. so you won't be in the closet in the future at your new place. That's right. I'll That'll be in be an nice. office. It'll be nice. Uh, maybe Very you can nice. hear me a little better. 
You know, yeah. the section YYA has been improving since uh, last time everybody checked in on us. We definitely need to do a um, – if you want to really hear some technical difficulties, me and Gavin trying to record in person. We always have oh, trouble yeah. getting our microphones synced up. And we do this on Zoom, and uh, it seems to, you know, sound pretty good. I've, I've heard several people say the sound's pretty good, and I listen to it just to hear what, what it sounds like week to week. I don't listen to the whole show, but um, – same. I don't know. I like doing those in person. We need to figure out a way to do one in person one time and have more than just being you there, like have a round table or something. Yeah. But we got to upgrade our technology first. We got to upgrade our technology and we need to do something for like a master's uh, extravaganza. Um, I think that would be really fun. But and, oh, over the Zoom, we can, we, this is what we, what happens all the time. We have these, uh, we both want to talk at the same time and then we can't tell because we're not in person to read the body language. So it's just a struggle. Well, a lot of times too, I don't have the video of you up on the screen because I'm looking at something I've written or right. typed out, or I'm looking at something on the internet. So I don't know if like I'm talking, you're talking and we're both to do it. We both talk over each other. So, right. but that's what makes the show great. But, uh, yeah, we need more listeners, Gavin, so we can get sponsors, mm. so we can start upgrading our equipment. Because I'll just be honest, I have a like ten year old MacBook, and it is so. I got it out last night and was trying to do some stuff on it, and it was so slow. It, but some days I'll I'll probably get it out tonight to edit this podcast, and yeah. it'll probably be just like normal. It just depends on what day of the week it is. But I've had that thing for a long time. I don't really do a whole lot on it because I have a work laptop, but um, you just never know what you're going to get out of that thing. So that's what we record on when we do this thing. Like when we first started this last year, this time last year, we were, Gavin was coming here to the studios and recording in person and we got it figured out and I've, we've not done that in so long. I've kind of forgotten how to set it up to be honest. Right. Maybe one day we'll upgrade our equipment. We can, do it live we'll do it live we had it going for a little bit and then we uh covid and everything started happening and then now it's just convenience this is this is so much easier oh yeah call each other are you ready to go yeah and And you don't have to drive to your house and set up everything just for my microphone not to work for 25 minutes i mean we we literally would spend almost 20 30 minutes setting up microphones yeah which shouldn't be like I should have had it figured out, but it seemed like every time I opened the app, it was something different. Like there's always what's something. the problem now. I set it up last week. Why is it not set up this week? So, anyways, well, that's about all I've got this week, Gavin. You got anything else? Back to the mines, Kentucky fans. Back to the mines. Back to the mines for Kentucky fans. Tennessee is five and four on the season. They have exceeded my expectations probably exceeded gavin's even though he did pick tennessee to beat kentucky but um good for the vols it was nice to watch a game here from the studios the vols won and we can i told big montana saturday night going into the georgia game it looks so much better when 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 cbs comes on the air and they put the graphic up georgia Number one, undefeated, whatever their record is, 9-0, I guess, versus Tennessee. Five and four looks a whole lot better than four and five. 
That's right. I mean, it just does. So big win for Tennessee heading into a game where they have a huge uphill mountain to climb. Um, but hey, let's try to keep people healthy this week. We got two more winnable games. Finish the season seven and five. Um, I was looking at bowl projections last night. Um, saw a bunch of different bowl projections, but one of them was the Gator Bowl against. Gosh, I don't remember who it was, but Gator Bowl. I've seen Liberty. It's changed since we beat Kentucky, though, Gavin. It's it's gone from the Liberty Dudes Mayo Bowl to more of an upgrade like Music City or um, Gator. The one that really baffled me was the Texas Bowl. Why would we go to the Texas Bowl? Why are we tied into that? I didn't know that was even a bowl. I'm going to be honest. I want to go to the Barstool, whatever Barstool has. (laughs) Their bowl game would be fun. Uh, Also, I want Clemson. Uh, Give me them while they're down. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll pile it on. They suck. We're better than them. See you at the bowl game. No doubt. Um, that's the one I've seen, the Dudes Mayo Bowl in um, Charlotte, Tennessee versus Clemson. Clemson, I'm trying to say it like the people in South Carolina do. They get on me, not Clemson. 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 Whatever. Come and fight me. Clemson. Um, but, yeah, they – well, South Carolina may beat them here in a couple weeks. South Carolina hammered the Gators. What's Dan Mullen doing? Uh, Meatloaf is cooked. Uh, fired it's his offensive line or fired his defensive coordinator, his offensive Good. line coach. He should have fired Grantham seven months ago. Should have fired him, yeah, last year. I mean, yeah. I don't know why he was back, but yeah, watch. I think the- he's been like four and eight since they threw the shoe at LSU or That's at hard. home. Yeah, it was at home. Yeah. Um, so, mate, that's another story in this conference to keep your eye on um, is the Florida, you know, the, does Florida – I don't know that they – unless Florida implodes to finish the season, I don't know that they necessarily make a change at the head coaching position because um, their athletics director was at Mississippi State with Dan Mullen. So, they're kind of tied at the hip together. So, I don't know that he'll necessarily make a move now. But what if they go out and lose their last three games? A double firing. He almost has to make a move. I mean, I don't know how you don't make a move right now. I still think Dan Mullen's a good coach. Um, but uh, you can't. He has he's he has the better talent and has lost uh, multiple times this year, uh, which is just unacceptable at Florida for sure. Yeah, and especially losing to that South Carolina team. And got stomped by him, too. God. I mean, it wasn't even close, Gavin. It was, it was, we had, I didn't even have it on. We have, I have two TVs here in the studio. Of course, I had the Tennessee game on the big one. And I think I had Alabama LSU on the other one, and the score kept popping up. And I looked down, it was 20 to 10. It was 30 Mm -hmm. to 10. It was 40 to 10. What is going on here? Yeah. And then you see the highlights later that night next morning and Florida's turning the ball over can't tackle leaving guys wide open just guy was doing jumping jacks for South Carolina in the back of the end zone they literally they did what 
what the Kentucky fans said that Tennessee did to him. And yeah. I don't know if I want to repeat that on the air. We might have – I don't want to get explicit here. That guy was pretty explicit what Tennessee did to him. Yeah. Like watching his wife with another guy. That's what South Carolina pretty much did to Florida. Oh, man. God. If you want to know about that tweet, ask me or Gavin. We'll get you the tweet. It's so great. It was fantastic. All right. We'll we'll be back next week to talk about Tennessee and Georgia. Number one Bulldogs are coming to Neyland Stadium this weekend. Should be a lot of grown men barking at Tennessee fans. But, oh, oh well, whatever. We beat Kentucky last week, so that's good enough for now. But um, Tennessee, Georgia this weekend. Tennessee basketball this weekend. We'll come back next week, talk about uh, those two games, look ahead to Tennessee and South Alabama coming to town next weekend for a night game at Neyland. It's going to be cold oh, probably again. But, make uh, me cold. South Alabama coming to town. Tennessee's got Villanova in 10 days from now. This is November 10th. Got Villanova on the 20th, um, which is, I guess, the day we play South Alabama. So – uh, that'll be interesting. Maybe we play them early in the day and we can watch it and then go to the football game. Why, why, that's another why, – why? Reverse it. Uh, it's cold outside, man. At least let us get the sun, you know. Give us the noon game finally. That's the I mean, problem. you've given, like, you've given us to us all year. Just continue the rest of the way. They'll give us a noon game for the Bama game. You Or, sorry, for the Vandy game. You watch. But I hope. I'm fine with that. I yeah. said this a few weeks ago. Why are we playing – I know we have to, but why are we playing three noon games in September in East Tennessee? Yeah. I mean, I know it's hot everywhere, global warming, supposedly. Yeah. But uh, – Red nose. Clown, clown shows everywhere. Hey, for, for you Biden <sighs> voters, before we go, inflation – My God. 6.2%. Good job, guys. Congratulations. Somebody put out an article said inflation was good. Yeah. Hey, it's a good Whoa. thing the shelves are empty. <laughs> According to the left-wing media, it's a good thing that shelves are empty, that infl- that costs are sky high, that poor people can't afford anything. Hell, I'm 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 having to eat leftovers four or five times a week. I can't afford gas to go to work. Oh. But it's okay. At I can't imagine have- how the Kentucky fans must feel then. How do they get by day to day? I don't know. I mean, with the uh, inflation longer like shifts, is, I guess. Long, they're having to work a lot of overtime. Overtime to help compensate. All right. Oh, well, man. As we show. have for the last two weeks. Oh, well, let me get my plugs in here. Go At ahead. Section YY8 on Twitter. Find us on the Facebook or Meta, whatever they're calling it now. Um, you can listen to this podcast. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, listen notes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podbean.com, podbean app. There's a plethora of places to watch or listen. You can't watch a what? It. You can't watch a plethora. Listen to those big words I'm using. My a plethora, God. which means a lot. Um, there's a bunch of places to listen, not watch. Maybe one day you can watch us, but not now. Not now. Um, and as we have for the last couple weeks, Let's Go Brandon, Gavin, is going to Let's take us Brandon. out. What a great song. 
it was topping the iTunes charts there over Adele for a while. This world's falling apart, and we're trying to be, be the only light that these people see. Sad. Amen. Sad. Amen and sad. All right. For Gavin, this is Negative Niece. We'll be back next week on the Section YY8 podcast. And let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Go Brandon, but we all know what the saying means. Let's go.